This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. This episode of All Possibilities is powered by Sennheiser, the future of audio. In an average day, how many things do you think you take for granted? If you're honest with yourself, there are probably countless sights, sounds, and feelings that you've never really taken a moment to absorb, appreciate, or love. Like a tree, the feeling of the dirt in the garden, or even your own fingers and toes. Coming up in one of the most captivating interviews yet on all possibilities, you'll hear yoga teacher and healing facilitator Rachel Nickel share her remarkable philosophy of, wow, the life-changing ideas she learned from people she's worked with who are dying, and that time she says Jesus Christ himself paid a visit. Plus, you'll hear a moment that brings me to tears. Welcome to the All Possibilities podcast. I'm your host, Julie Chan, intuitive life purpose coach and founder of Being My Purpose. Together, let's embark on a discovery of all possibilities. Possibilities. Rachel, it's so great to have you on the show today. Welcome. Well, Julie, thanks. It's so good to see you, and I'm really so happy to be here with you. Thanks for having me. So I first met Rachel at her yoga class. It was gentle yoga gentle. in Queens. Mm-hmm. And I just love your perspective, your energy, and everything about you. So I'm really thrilled to have you on the show and to learn more about what got you to where you are today? Well, thanks. <laughs> I'm glad that you enjoyed the class. Um, I love my work. I love teaching yoga, although I don't really um, identify as a yoga teacher. Um, I don't really feel that I'm really teaching uh, yoga. Rather, um, I'm more interested in teaching people um, movement uh, and accessing a sense of freedom using their bodies. Uh, so, um, I just, the gentle class is a really great way for me to allow people to enter into that freedom because most of the people that come to that class are inhibited in some way. So uh, I always make a joke, right? A G for gentle. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, where do you want me to start, Julie? You, I mean, you want me to go way back? How far back yeah, do you want me to go? Let's, me to go, go, to let's like, go way back to... Way back to... When it all began. Yeah, when it all began. I mean, it's a crazy led thing. To your journal, you journey you here. Journal? Please. Um, I grew up in a. I grew up in Ohio, so it goes. We'll go way back. I grew up in Ohio. Had a great family. I'm the eldest of five children. Great mom and dad. Um, back then, spirituality and religion. There were some. Uh, there were uh, lines that were not to be crossed. And while maybe they seem kind of funny now. Uh, my mother was a Catholic woman and my father was a Protestant fellow, or I'm not even sure exactly what he was. And they said if they got married, they would have uh, children with horns on their head. <laughs> so they eloped. And so there was no spirituality that was um, taught to us. I think my mother taught us one or two prayers. I think she baptized us alone in the bathroom. And um, that was probably... It, we'd have a babysitter that would sometimes take us to a Baptist church and tell us we were all going to hell, and that was about it. <laughs> but what happened to me was I was a small child, and I had a um, vision, 
in which uh, I was in a very expansive um, uh, place, and it was a very, um, I can give word to it now, but it felt like annihilation. Uh, but as a small child, I didn't know what annihilation was. And, but I felt a sense of great annihilation, and I can speak to it now. And in that space, uh, a being came to me. <laughs> I never really tell this story very often, but I'll share it. And this being was filled with great uh, love. And um, uh, I can still feel into that moment. And I asked that being what uh, his name was, and he said, my name is Jesus. That's right. I had a come to Jesus moment. (laughs) And I said, wow. And that was it. And then I spent the rest of my life, um, I would walk by Catholic churches and I would just, my head would explode and I wanted to go into a Catholic church. And then when I was 21 and I went to art school, um, I had this fantastic Puerto Rican uh, roommate and I, she said, well then go to a Catholic church and talk to someone. And uh, I had just come out of a, I had always had a spiritual longing. I was curious about all things spiritual. I'd do seances and connect the dead and do Ouija boards and astrology and all these wacky things. I loved all of it. And um, I went to it and I had, I I had a very difficult time as a teen, Uh, made a lot of uh, (laughs) rebellious and wild decisions. I'm a little bit wild still. Uh, and uh, celebrated being wild to a really intense uh, uh, self-destructive form. It was the 1980s, and I had a really good time. And then I found my way to this uh, wonderful, amazing priest, God bless him, Father Roger, and he just got me. He just totally got me. Uh, I sat with him, and we'd have vodka gimlets and chit-chat. And uh, then on Easter Sunday in 1991, I got baptized in my first Holy Communion and confirmed, and my head uh, exploded in that moment. Um, and then in 1996, uh, some, I was coming out of art school and I had a Marlboro Red cigarette in my mouth and a couple of cocktails and what else I was on then. And um, somebody said, would you like to do some yoga? And I did a forward bend. And my head exploded. What is this? And then I found yoga. And that was fantastic. Um, And I spent some years, uh, I had this wonderful yoga teacher on Long Island. She was fantastic. Her name was Wanda. And um, I would go to her home and she had these crazy yoga classes. uh, And she was beautiful. And I just fell in love with her what is this? This is yoga. Um, And then I met a a, a not-so-nice yoga teacher that was not-so-nice and um, had not such a nice experience. Um, He was not nice, and so I won't say his name. Uh, He was not a nice person. He was a predator, and he was a person of great harm. And then I was like, oh, this yoga, there's... It's not just rainbows and unicorns coming out your butt. It's it's a little, uh, there are predators within this romanticized thing. Uh, and then yoga, yoga, yoga. And then I moved back to Ohio. And my mother was very sick. And she was seeing an angel lady. And of course, I was like, what's an angel lady? I want to know an angel lady. What is that? 
And I met this radiantly beautiful angel lady that introduced me to healing, and I didn't even know what it was. And she taught me Reiki, and I... I'm apparently a Reiki master. I don't feel like much of a master of Reiki. She introduced me to different modalities of healing. We studied some shamanic work together. Um, just she introduced me to energy healing. And I was young and didn't really get it all the way. But I spent time with her, uh, Reverend Joan Eagle. She was amazing. Um, and then I left her, moved upstate. I'll just keep going. Is that all right? Okay, so then I moved upstate, and um, I got, I was teaching, all the while I'm teaching yoga, teaching yoga, teaching yoga, teaching yoga. That's all I do every day, seven days a week. I love it. I love teaching yoga. And then um, somehow someone gave me a job in a facility as the director of complementary medicine. I made the title up myself, <laughs> and uh, I got a name tag, and they gave me an office, and I could, I had like a real job. I had a real job, and I could um, go to Carolyn Purchasing and get a clipboard and um, a pen if I wanted to, and then um, I had a treatment room, and in this facility, I was allowed to really do whatever I wanted. They were fantastic. They gave me free reign to facilitate healing and yoga in whatever context um, I wanted to. And I would assist people as they died, um, drawing upon the skill sets I uh, learned through my study of all things spiritual. Uh, so I'd be that wacky lady that they'd call uh, to be with when the drugs wouldn't work and the person was in great distress. And I would help uh, assist them during the dying process. I didn't know that was a thing. I just did it. Um, but Reiki was a little bit, the language was maybe a little too new agey and a little bit off-putting for some people that don't want to talk about spinning vortices of chakra energy and auras <laughs> and biofields. So this uh, group uh, was so wonderful. They funded me to go study something called Healing Touch, which is put together by nurses. Uh, and it was funded by Janet Mentigan. I never met her. Uh, and you get a mentor. And my mentor was just this wild nun, Sister Rita Jean. She was fantastic. And um, what an amazing healer she was. She was a nurse. She was a substance abuse counselor. And I spent two years studying Healing Touch with her and had an amazing time. Um, and I was able to take these esoteric skill sets that I devoured and make them deliverable to uh, more mainstream people that might not want a wacky healer laying their hands on. I was able to find languaging that might be uh, easier for people to understand. Then I moved to Queens with my uh, husband and kids, and we landed in Forest Hills, and I got a job teaching yoga. And all of a sudden, my children were young, and um, I just stopped healing. I just couldn't do it. I felt like maybe I was um, a snake oil salesman, maybe that there wasn't anything to this. Um, and I didn't want to take advantage of anyone. And I sort of lost that, um, that just went away. Maybe I was busy with children and trying to hustle to get yoga gigs because I, I freelance. Um, and I just had to start over. I didn't know anyone. It was very, very sad, lonely time. And, uh, then I started teaching yoga 
And uh, I've met you at Bamboo Moves in Forest Hills, and I was at a holiday party, and they had a drumming, a fantastic uh, drumming holiday party. This fantastic Brazilian drumming band played, and those drums got inside of me. And I have a lot of moments where my head explodes. I mean, I haven't even talked about all of them yet. Uh, My head exploded, and uh, the feeling of needing to uh, be a healing facilitator washed over me in a very profound way. And so I reached out to Sister Rita Jean, and I said, I'd like to start healing again. And she said, wonderful. I'm having an annual complimentary therapies uh, program at the hospital up in Albany. Why don't you come up and, you know, get your feeling back, get your mojo back. And I went up, and I saw Sister Rita Jean, and I sat down. I didn't even know who the presenter was. And... um I sat down, and the presenter stepped up and started talking, and oh my golly, my head exploded again. (laughs) Here was this amazing woman talking about science and spirituality, and she was amazing, and her name was uh, Dr. Joyce Hawks, and I'm telling you, when she talked, it just went through me, and she talked about cells and all these crazy things, and she had had a near-death, she was a cellular biologist, and had had a near-death experience and came back from that and was different. And she had gone to the other side. And um, so she facilitates healing in a way that she calls cell-level healing because that's how she understands things. And so I left Albany and came back and tucked the kids in bed that night and took them to school the next day and came home, taught some yoga, went home sat on the couch and cried for about two hours because it was such a powerful encounter. Uh, And then I stalked her. (laughs) I sent her a crazy email. And God bless her, uh, she phoned me back within moments of receiving that email and said, "Uh, why don't you come be with me? I have a training in Seattle, and you can come be with uh, our group for a week, And which I did, and I've been with her. Uh, for three summers now, understanding uh, the giftedness of healing and facilitating healing. So that's uh, how I got here in a nutshell. So I can really talk a lot, Julie. So you wow. can uh, you can use that as a springboard and help uh, guide me where you... Yeah, uh, yeah there's so much, <laughs> so much that I want to go into. Um First, let's talk about what you mean by my head explodes. What happens to you? What are, what are you feeling? Hmm. It feels, uh, on many occasions, it, uh, it feels different each time. Sometimes it feels, um, uh, it just feels like the greatest love <laughs> washes over me and um intoxicates me and um it is radiant and beautiful and such a loving presence uh and sometimes it's just like wow this is awesome something just seems so right Uh, a sense of great knowingness um sometimes it does feel like my head explodes um I heard a rabbi one time say, 
and I don't know who it was, and I wish I could give that rabbi credit for the most amazing thing. He said, there's four ways of praying. And he said, the four ways are gimme, thanks, oops, and wow. And I just love that wow prayer and that feeling of wow. And I guess that's what I mean when I say my head explodes. And when I heard him say that, it gave word to that. I just thought that praying was gimme, 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 you know. And then I learned that there was this prayer called wow, and that's what I was experiencing was wow. And Sister Rita Jean would talk about um, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And back in the day, they called it the fear of the Lord. And she would say, it's called awesome wonder awesome wonder. And I like thinking about awesome wonder more than I like thinking about the fear of the Lord. Uh, So when I come to that space of uh, awesome wonder is what I think I'm trying to talk about uh, when I mean my head exploded. I love that. And I can see now those moments in your yoga class when you would talk about wow. Wow. And... And I think that's why I gravitated towards that class in particular and towards you because there is something very incredible about the way our bodies can move. And especially for people who, um, you know, in that class, you said it's, I mean, it's it's like all sorts of people who are in this (laughs) class, but it was in the middle of the day on a weekday. Mm -hmm. So like mostly, you know, older people. And then you have people like me who are like, I don't think I can handle <laughs> yoga one or two just because of all the things, you know, the medical issues and, mm-hmm. and um, my body, like getting mm-hmm. used to that, mm-hmm. uh, being able to move or being connected mm-hmm. to my body after many, many years of disconnecting Disconnect. from my body and just the feeling of, wow, like, wow, wow I'm moving, I'm moving wow. my body in this way. Wow. My, I just stuck my arm up in the air. Yeah. It's such a wow thing. I, I mean, I, I don't really learn yoga from yoga teachers anymore. I learn yoga from like watching my cat roll around in the sunbeam, Mm -hmm. you know, or watching a baby roll around. I watch, I learn yoga from when my dog lays down in the snow on her back and just goes crazy uh, in the snow. You know, I learn yoga from, I teach yoga in nursing homes and I learn yoga from them. I have a lady that doesn't have any legs, no legs, and she comes to my class. And then I said, oh, wow. And the next time I did a forward bend, I looked at my legs, and I said, I love you, legs. I love you, legs. And then I realized I never told my body I loved it. And then I said, thank you, legs. And I never, I realized I never said thank you to my body. And then I fell in love with my body. Usually I it was short or I had stretch marks or my butt was saggy. And I would I realized I was just saying all this mean stuff to myself. And then I, I and then one day I was at the nursing home. I take my dog, I do dog therapy with, with her, and there's this one lady and she can't breathe. And she can't and she's on oxygen and she can't breathe. And She told me, I just wish I could die. I wish I was dead. I can't breathe. So she can't breathe and she can't die. And I said, oh, thank you, breath. (laughs) 
Thank you, breath. I never said thank you to my breath. And then I fell in love with my breath. And then I realized when I was moving around doing yoga that I was moving through the very thing that was breathing me into existence. You see, like it's not, I woke up and it was still breathing me. And I said, oh, wow, thank you. And my heart is that beating. tears to my eyes right now. <laughs> oh, wow. Thank you. Like, I know the world is fucked up. I know it. I know I it's crying. me. I know. <laughs> I know that. But, oh, wow. I'm breathing and I'm here. And my job is to remember to say gimme and thanks and oops. <laughs> And wow, and the mess that we've made is not God's fault. God didn't make this mess. We did. And if we made this mess, then maybe we can uncreate this mess. But we can't uncreate this mess unless we fall in love with the arm and the air and the breath given to us until we feel the wowness of our own experience, the joy, what we are in my understanding is joy, said I will become a human. I will become a human. And so the cat takes joy rolling around in the sunbeam. The baby hasn't learned shame. So the baby sticks its foot in its mouth and experience. I watch children on the playground and they slide down the slide. And no one says, you know, Sally, you didn't really do that so well. Your warrior one is a little off. The child slides down the slide. I saw a girl one time walking. She was wearing a dress and she's just spinning around, taking delight in her own experience. Wow. I just I taught a homebound senior yoga class. It was like a Skype class. It was me and this virtual class with a bunch of senior citizens that were homebound. And I said, okay, lift your arms up over your head. And they hadn't lifted their arms up over their head in decades. Lift your arms up over your head and take a deep breath. And then say, wow, like what else is there? So, yeah, I really love yoga. <laughs> I love it. And I'm not interested. I did really intense yoga. I used to tie straps to my foot and pull it to my head as hard as I could. I had to get that perfect posture. And it never was perfect. It never really was like those beautiful, sexy ladies on the cover of the magazines. I never looked like that. And I tried, I'd pull and pull and pull and pull and try and try and try. And then one day my back went, snap. And I was in so much pain. And I was in, the pain was like 10. And yoga teachers don't get health benefits and they don't get 401k programs and they don't get paid vacations. So I couldn't really go to the doctor after I heard that snap. 
So I'd have to get up in the morning and go teach yoga about how great it was. But I was in pain. And I realized I can't do yoga anymore. I can't move. I'm in excruciating pain. And I was like, God, why would you do this to me? And then I realized God had nothing to do with it. I did it to myself. I broke myself. I tore myself apart with yoga postures. I tore myself apart trying to achieve. And so I'd just go home and I was like, I can't not do yoga. (laughs) It's like not breathing. What will I do? And I'd lay on the floor and I'd cry. That would be my yoga practice. I'd just cry because my body hurts so bad. And I thought I really messed it up. And I was like, I'm not going to be able to fix it. I'm broken. And then all of a sudden, these lovely movements started happening in my body. And I just dissolved into my body. And the movements were gentle and like a cat rolling around in a sunbeam. And I found my way back. And so, wow. Wow. Thank you, legs. Thank you, arms. I was taking belly dance lessons one time, and the woman that was teaching me had the most amazing, beautiful stomach. Oh my gosh, it was so beautiful, and she was just absolutely exquisite. And I felt so self-conscious because my stomach, I had a 10-pound baby. My stomach is not beautiful, and it's not pretty, and nobody would want to see it. And I made a a joke about it because I was feeling self-conscious. And she stopped the class, and she looked at me, and she said, but you have a son. Your body made a child. My body will never have a son. Though your stomach looks that way because you have a son and you have a daughter. And I said, thank you, ugly stomach. You're beautiful. I love you. Thank you for allowing the two most amazing children to come to the planet through my body. Thank you, stretch marks and two belly buttons. I love you. I love you. Thank you to my man for loving me all these years later, for still loving this body all these years later. Thank you for still loving me and coming home to me and still loving this body as it ages and falls apart and all these magnificent things. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, wow, wow. What else do you want to know, Julie? I love it. I love it. What else do you want to know? I got tons of stuff crawling around out there, Julie. I know you do. Before we continue, I just want to say that there's just something very beautiful and raw in how you just described that whole process. And, And I appreciate just that moment to reflect and say thank you for mm. for breathing. <laughs> that was I think that was the moment where I became emotional. It's like thank you. I don't think I have ever thanked. Most of us have breathing. Yeah, thank you breathing. And 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 the way you described, you know, children coming forth and I'm, you know, due for my baby <laughs> to come next month. It's it, it's it's a such a deep way to think about something that even on social media, it's it just seems so mundane almost, you know, you, at least on my feed, you know, everyone's having children and, and you say congratulations, but really what is in 
that word. My <laughs> God, my God, you and I mean, at least for me, this I met this man. Ooh, I met this man and I loved him. I met my man and I loved him. And we fell in love. And then I made children with this man that I love. And my children come from love. I made love. I mean, trust me, I had a good time. Don't worry. <laughs> I love to love my husband. But I loved him, and those children came out of love. And when you hold a baby in your arms and you look at it, you say, oh, aren't you a miracle? But you never cease being a miracle. You still are miraculous. You still are. You are not. I am not. Mark is not. All the people that are listening are miraculous things. We just forget and we fall asleep. And then we get we t- get tired. I got to scoop the cat litter today and I got to run the vacuum sweeper. And I got to do the laundry. Yeah, I know. And then I know all my students show up. It's Armageddon. The world is horrible. Yes, I know. I know. I don't have my head up my ass. I know. But ever since, like, Cain killed Abel, it's been horrible. That's what we do because we forgot. We forgot what we were. We forgot what we really are. I made my children out of love. Those children are embodiments of love. The only way out of the mess, the nightmare that we created, God didn't create this nightmare. I gave my children life. I gave them life. I'll give them support. I will encourage them, but they will make bad decisions and they will fall down. And I can't do it. I don't have magic powers. And if I did, why would I not let them make the mistakes they need to learn? I love them. I hate watching them have to suffer, but they're going to make these choices. But they are love embodied. Every human being is love that decided to become a body. Joy is coursing through us, but we just get in the way and we think about it too much and we try to make it into a some kind of system and make sense of it. There's no sense to be made of joy. It's just joy. It just is. You can't make sense of love. Love just is. And it feels good. I don't like to fight with my husband. And we've had, oh my gosh, I've been married to this guy since, what, 1994? You don't think we've had some knockdown, drag out nasty fights, but it's not fun. I don't like to fight with him. I don't like to yell at my kids. It's not fun. It doesn't feel good to them. It doesn't feel good to me. And then you feel just shitty after. It feels better to love. And so now I just pause and I'm like, "Mm." is it really that big of a deal? Do I need to go down that path? And it just feels better. I like feeling, I love feeling the cosmic bliss. It feels so much better than being angry and just pissed off all the time and worried. I see people doing the yoga, they're frowning the whole time. I'm like, can you just pull the corners of your lips to your ears? And then they they like, how do I, they like touch their face. I'm like, no, just move the corners of your lips towards your ears. And if I see teeth, I'll get really excited. And then I'm like, yeah, you are smiling. I just tricked you into smiling. Because everyone looks so angry when they're doing yoga. I'm like, if the yoga is supposed to be about the 
fucking cosmic bliss. Why do you look angry? Why are you pulling on yourself? Why are you sweating? And go to the gym if you want that. There's nothing wrong with that. Go to the gym. Luxuriate in your experience. What do you feel? Not what am I telling you to feel? What do you feel when you stick your arm up? I always say, oh, can you hear the celestial choir of angels? I don't hear anything. I just feel, ah, oh, wow, this feels so nice. Thank you. Thank you so much. Because it's formlessness that has form. It wanted to experience form. And I think, and I'm not anybody really that educated or smart, but I think that when there's suffering, whatever this thing is, we couldn't call it God or we can call it whatever we want to call it. People, what I don't know, whatever it is, the mystery. I don't think, I think it feels it. It feels the pain that we feel. It feels the suffering that we feel. I think, and it feels sad. I think it wants us to be happy. It wants us to be joyful. That's why I still, all this Kool-Aid and esoteric and new agey stuff that I've drunk, I like JC. I like Jesus. I like him. He was like, hey, guys, you don't need all these rules. You don't need all this structure. You need a couple of things. You need love. You need to love the mystery with your heat. And I think he says, like, with your body, your mind, your strength, your soul, he says, love it. He didn't even, he called it Abba. He called it Daddy. I love you, Daddy. Or I love you, something that was familiar. And then he said, love your neighbor. Be nice to the person next to you. And then he said, and love yourself. So I, one day I fell in love with myself. I fell in love with my legs. I fell in love with my breath. I fell in love with my hand. I fell in love with the backs of my eyeballs. I fell in love with the space between my toes. I fell in love with all those cells that Joyce Hawks talks about. And I just fell in love. And I'm flawed. I'm a total train wreck. I know it. <laughs> but I just fell in love with all of it. And I'll just, you know, I drive my husband and kids crazy. I'm a train wreck. I know it. But okay, fine. Come over here, Rachel, and hang out. You're fine. It's all right. You're not so bad. I've done a lot of crazy bad stuff. Let's fall in love. That's a song. We should play that. Yeah. <laughs> I love all those. Love. Lo I, love, I love cheesy love songs. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I love all that stuff. Do you have a story or a comment you'd like to share? I'd love to hear from you. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at All Possible Show. You can also connect with me directly at my own website, beingmypurpose.com. The superior audio quality on Mouth Media Network is powered by Sennheiser. And as a listener, you can receive a 25% discount on virtually any headphone, microphone, and other high-quality audio product available to purchase directly on the Sennheiser website. Just visit Sennheiser.com and enter the code MouthMediaSen, that's MouthMedia, S-E-N-N, -N, at checkout. 
let's let's fall in love that's a song let's fall, fall in love. love why shouldn't we fall in love and then it continues i yeah. don't remember the lyrics but there's it's this thank you for for sharing all these things that you've shared i mean i'm trying i'm trying to unpack you know everything <laughs> that you um that you just kind of um, opened up one being gratitude and I think we we talk about gratitude all the time but really truly in that moment saying thank you thank you to our breath to our body to you know the space between your toes mm. that you talked about no one thinks about that mm. right it's mm-hmm. it's truly there's a difference between saying give gratitude or give thanks and and actually being in that moment and I think I, I became emotional because I finally dropped into that moment. And it's like you tipped me over the edge. So <laughs> so that that was that was definitely amazing. And even Mark, our producer, who's in the room at some point, he was like during during your sharing, he just wanted to applaud. Uh, well, so that's that's oh, amazing. Well. And then the other thing you talked about was joy, this mm. like incredible Oh, just like being oblivious to whatever is going on around you, that cat curling around, you know, in the sun, the, my dog, the, the way he just stretches in the morning and, and the way he, you know, if he sees another dog and barks it, barks at it and like gets all riled up and then he shakes it off. Just literally all that stuff comes off of him. He lets it go and he's back to sniffing and seeing what's, you know, in front of him. It's just so present and so joyful in those moments and and wow i mean i think wow as a concept should be people should say it more often i have my yoga i have a family yoga class and the kids are fantastic when we step into this like sort of warrior two position we jump and and i and we all go wow all the kids and the grown-ups and i make everyone or i don't make excuse me i invite everyone to say wow to say it wow you know, and, and another thing that I, you know, um, in yoga, they have something called a mantra. Maybe most people have heard of a mantra. And um, I'm not Hindu. I love my Hindu brothers and sisters. I love saying, you know, the Hindu mantras, but I'm, I'm, I'm not a Hindu. And I don't want to, you know, my kids talk about cultural appropriation. Is that something they're always talking about. Mama, you're you're culturally appropriating. I didn't know that was a thing, but uh for me to say a specific Hindu um mantra, I I I it doesn't feel resonant for me. Um I've chanted them and they're beautiful and they're sacred and they're holy. Um but Shiva never came to me. So for me to say I bow down to Shiva, I can understand intellectually who Shiva is and in this sort of small way that a girl from Ohio in the 20th century can understand that. But I really don't understand the magnitude of what Shiva is. So I, I feel that it would be inappropriate for me to say I bow down to Shiva. So I don't really give out mantras to people, but what I do, what I do invite people to do is just walk around and say, I love you in their head. I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. And you start to reprogram the computer, the operating system up there, instead of thinking about 
all the crazy stuff going on in the world. You just walk around and you say, I love you. I love you. And then you ask yourself, wait, who's saying I love you? And to what am I saying I love you? And then you start to fall into love and you say, I love you. Oh, I love you, Rachel, or I love you, Divine. And then you see the sky and you fall in love with the sky. And you see that last little brown leaf in January hanging on for dear life on that tree and you fall in love with that leaf. And you fall in love with the wind uh, that cold winter wind, it's cold today, and it, I don't like to be cold, uh, but you can feel it. And so you just walk around and you say, I love you, until you believe that you have fallen in love. Because otherwise your mind, our, my mind is deranged and thinks crazy stuff. And I don't so want to think. you have to fake it. You have to fake it, yeah. It. <laughs> yeah, sure, why not? And that's what mantra is intended to do, is to reprogram. How I kind of think about it is like if... I'm a computer, and I'm an old operating system. Not very tech-savvy, but if I have an old operating system uh, from, like, a damaged sort of, like, flawed kind of lens, um, and the computer can't get new information, you have to remove that old operating system uh, and then put a new operating system to upgrade the computer to get a new download. So I don't want the old Rachel's way of thinking any longer because she's worried about everything and anxious and frightened of like just about everything. And I can't control everything. I can't control what's happening in this world. I can only control how I respond to it. And I choose to respond most of the time uh, in a calm and collected way. And that's why I appreciate these skill sets that you, you know, you know, all the different things that I've used there. It's just like a tool bag that helps me to re-navigate back to that center. One question I do have mm-hmm. is actually around, um, your, I guess, um, upbringing mm-hmm. in terms of finding spirituality and then, going into church again mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and I for some reason feel this dichotomy between the two and it could be because of just maybe the types of people I've met or maybe it's my own mm-hmm. perception of you know I I never grew up really going to church mm-hmm. and and so to me there's uh and the p- few people that I talk to about psychic things and intuitive um things who are catholic are either in acceptance or or they like view me as like I'm talking to the devil. Mm-hmm. So how how do you see specifically Catholicism, but also just like the religion in the way that you know it and how how everything else is perceived, like energy healing, um, this level of of connection that is otherworldly. I understand your question, and I take that question very seriously, um, because I really, <laughs> I don't want to say anything bad. <laughs> I don't really like to say, it, but um, there is an abuse of power in institutions. We can see an abuse of power in the uh, Catholic institution. I have seen abuse of power within yoga. Um we see it in governments and in healthcare systems. There's uh, abuses of power, of course. Um, I never, I don't really fit in 
anywhere. I don't fit into church people. They don't usually want to be around me and think I'm satanic. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't really go to church that much. Um, I'm a bad church goer uh, because it's just boring. (laughs) It's just boring. God's alive uh, to me. And so um, I don't really go that much anymore. I I, I enjoyed the experience of it. Um, I'll go every now and then if I I want to feel that, that sacredness. Uh, I miss, but I really have a hard time um, uh, with just some of the policies that are just so difficult for me to wrap my mind around uh, that we can allow that kind of thing. But I still, you know, I still call identify myself as a yoga teacher um, and the, the abuse of power within um, the structure of yoga is just as much an atrocity as anything. Um, so I just don't feel like I fit in to, with the churchgoers. I don't fit in with the yoga practice. I just don't really fit in, and I just really don't, I really don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I care, but um, I, I don't have, I guess I can say this to you, Julie. I don't have any baggage. I didn't grow up with any baggage. Nobody told me that it had to be a specific way, and I'm not a supposed to kind of person. I don't like supposed to. Um, so, it, yeah, I mean, I've had plenty of people tell me, I was worshiping Satan or whatever, and I just don't, I just, they're, I just know that they, they're doing the best they can, and that's the, that, that's the lens that in which they understand the world, and that's okay, I mean, that's fine, I, I, I'll just keep being Rachel, what else can I do, mm-hmm. but I know what you mean. Yeah. 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 Thank you for, for offering that perspective. I mean, I don't want to offend any institution and... I don't mean that and that those systems I mentioned are bad. I just mean that it's not all rainbows and unicorns. And um I I I can I know that. I know that, but I don't need those systems to confine. I don't want to be confined by any system. Right. Right. And it it sometimes it's not all about love and it's not all about acceptance or uh, No, it's equality not equality or anything. No. And and I like how you framed it because ultimately it's all you know human beings with human nature doesn't matter what institution organization community we're talking about oh look at my family you know i mean look at my family i mean i'm always like look at us putting the fun back in dysfunction (laughs) i have a highly dysfunctional family the four of us are very dysfunctional uh but we do the best we can within that family system even my family of origin you know very dysfunctional family but um within that system we try to find you know love and and do the best we can everybody's coming from their own brokenness and as long as you can recognize that everyone's broken and coming from a broken place you just are more compassionate and loving I mean I haven't gotten rid of being Catholic haven't gotten rid of doing yoga I mean I still hold them in high regard and honor them and treasure them I just you know, I don't have my head up my butt either, you know, or, well, maybe I do actually, but, uh, yeah, I just try to be aware that there is something greater than, and I once heard like trying to put greater than, I refer to it as greater than sometimes trying to put greater than into a system is like, and this is not my quote. I'm borrowing it from someone. I don't know who, uh, thank you. It's like trying to catch the air with tongs. You can't catch the air with tongs. You just do the best you can. You give as many words or symbols or structures uh, as you possibly can to make sense of something that can never be made sense of. At least that's what I think. 
everybody. This is Vikram Iyer, former advisor to President Barack Obama. Have you been opening your Twitter account or Facebook feeds or even just talking to families and friends and wondering what the heck is going on in this country? Well, it's not as bad as you think, but we're going to unpack that for you. Join me at the American Enough podcast on the Mouth Media Network as we unpack the policies, executive orders, and daily kerfuffles that are shaping not just this administration, but the modern face of America's politics. Episodes available at AmericanEnoughPodcast.com and everywhere the best podcasts are found. What's been surprising for me is that because I never I never really had much of a relationship with Jesus, you know, all of those things. I think intellectually I was very confused. The the one summer school I had that was <laughs> sure at, at a church. I'm sure I was you were very confused. <laughs> and and it and what's interesting is that later in life, when I do have very, very powerful visions, it has been Jesus, or lately, uh, this is before my pregnancy, it's been the Virgin Mary. Oh, yeah, and it's love been her. very surprising because I'm like, I don't know I don't you. Know you. <laughs> Why are you Why appearing are you in my appearing vision? In my and vision? yet it makes sense. So, if anything, for me, through my maybe non traditional spiritual journey, or maybe it's traditional, I've, I've come to respect aspects of what I see in religion. Mm-hmm. And, and I can. And I don't know how it all works, but somehow, somehow has given me the direction and the lessons that I need at that moment. And yeah, I've yeah, all, yeah. I mean, loved. I, I don't know. I have no. I mean, I converted to Islam with that belly dance teacher one time, <laughs> and I didn't have any conflict. There, I can't remember what it was. There were these pillars, and they were not in any conflict with my the belief system I already had. And I was happy to share that moment of of celebrating uh, 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 this religion with her. Um, I, I love any way in which humans try to understand uh, the divine. I've been to shamanic drum circles, Catholic masses, Protestant church services, uh, spiritual healings, you know, Native American rituals, you know, I mean, all sorts of things. I mean, I, I, it's, it's all just us trying to make sense of something really very remarkable and sacred. And mark, hey, this is sacred, and to remember the sacredness of it. But I think that it's just, sometimes it just can get in the way, maybe. And we just have to realize that these structures are just, you know, when, when they talk about, like, pointing to the moon, it's not the hand the hand is just pointing the moon. You just have to get rid of the hand, you know, like it's just the starting point. It's just the foundation. And then, um, but everyone is trying to make sense of this thing. I think, you know, I think, but yeah, whatever. I think it's just whatever speaks to you in that moment. It can evolve. You can layer on your own thinking and it's just it's alive it's yeah it's a it's living thing changing. it's a living thing i don't teach yoga the same way i used to because it's a it's alive it, it's a living thing you shouldn't at least in my experience i shouldn't it shouldn't be stagnant i've noticed that sometimes church or sometimes yoga is very stagnant and even sometimes i find that yoga becomes so dogmatic here's how you're supposed to do it 
and everyone's leaving church and temple and whatever their origin of faith because they don't want the dogma. And then all of a sudden, they're following a new set of dogma. You know, you have to do it this way. It has to be this many breaths or it has to be a specific way. And I honor the tradition behind it. I do. I, I we You need the foundation. But you're different than I am. So how can one system... Your experience is very different. So your relationship with the mystery will be so unique and so sacred and so special. So for me to tell you what your experience should be doesn't make sense to me at least. And again, I, I mean no disrespect to any, any, anyone or anything at all. And if I come across that way, uh, I don't mean to. I don't mean to. I really I honor everyone's trying to do the best they can. I know I am. One last question mm-hmm. as pertaining to your work with Dr. Hawks. Can you share with us some takeaways from what you've learned in your time with her? Because that's sort of that's sort of the what I see as very juicy, <laughs> where you have someone who comes from a very scientific background who is now kind of a spiritual teacher. I mean, if mm-hmm. I call her that in terms of her approach towards healing. What are some of the things that you can share uh, with us, especially for those who have some form of, you know, medical condition or, Mm. you know, something where our minds say it can't possibly be healed? Medication hasn't worked or or it just it just can't happen. Mm. Well, I like her and she, her partner, she and her partner, Helen, uh, facilitate these great uh, little workshops and I've been to three of them and it's, it's a five day workshop, but she, she goes to the Bahamas to the Shivananda ashram. She goes really all over the world. She's, they're both really amazing. Uh, Joyce and Helen, I love you girls. Uh, they're really amazing. And what is interesting to me is that when I've been with them on the retreats, I go there and I think, okay, I'm going to learn something. I'm going to learn something new, a new technique. I'm going to learn a new thing. And I leave there. I'm like, they didn't really teach me anything. <laughs> I didn't, I'm like, what? I didn't learn anything. I don't understand why I just came here and spent the week with you. Like, I didn't learn a single thing. And what I realized is that I didn't get kicked off the team. They didn't kick me off the team. Like, I've been kicked out of the yoga team or kicked out of the Catholic team or whatever. They didn't kick me off the team. In fact, what they wanted was that I became more me, which who wants more Rachel? But what they wanted was more me, more each of us to become more ourselves and allow ourselves to be more than. And so, um, that was what I leave there with was that, oh, I am that which I seek. I am the thing that I'm looking for. It's me. And so I love to hear her talk because she's crazy for the cells. And as soon and she puts these slides up and talks about mitochondria and all this stuff. And all of a sudden my skin just starts to hurt. And I'm like, oh, enough with the cells. <laughs> Ugh, that academic stuff just Oh, um, but when you hear her talk, she loves those cells. She's crazy for those cells. And she says that that's where the healing happens is in the cells and that the cells have consciousness and that they're vibrating. And, uh, she's pretty amazing. And 
what happened to her, and I don't want to speak for her, but one thing that a story she'll tell is that she spent 10 years after her near-death experience trying to understand what had happened to her. And so she would go around and study with these indigenous healers. And she'd been looking through an electron microscope in the 70s and 80s, and that was her passion. And she was very uh, science-based. And so she'd been looking at cells for a really long time. And Joyce, I hope I'm telling your story well. Um, And so she was with this indigenous uh, shaman, an indigenous healer, I'm going to say in Bali, I could be wrong. And the woman started to describe what she was seeing during her healing. Uh, She was a healer, a healing, a healer in this uh, indigenous kind of way. And Joyce was listening to her describe what she was seeing as a, as a healer. And Joyce realized that what she was describing were cells. And Joyce knew that because she'd been looking through an electron microscope. And she says, it's in the cells that the healing begins to take place. And so, so you energetically invite these, the only word I remember, God help me, is, you know, you invite and awaken the mitochondria. Uh, it's interesting to note, you know, like if I reached out to you right now, Julie, and laid my hand on you, that would feel really good. You'd like that, wouldn't it? And so she talks about when the cells communicate, this little, <laughs> I can't remember the name, comes out. And reaches out towards another cell, and they touch. So it's like this sort of microcosmic and macrocosmic thing taking place, and it's it's love. It, it's the cells come together, and it's a communication, and that's part of what she talks about: focus, communication. Um, she says. And I take this away; it has made me a much better healing facilitator. There's not a technique. Um, she says it's just important connection to source, your own way that you view source. She says connection is protection. And you connect and you ground and you get focused and you come to that silent layer of your being. You come to that deep listening, that deep silence. And how I word it, what I take away is that you come to a state of great allow. You just come to a state of great allow for the highest good of the client. Because I don't get the sell stuff, but I get the allow stuff. And so she didn't make me into a cell level healer. She didn't make me love cells because I love movement. I love to move. And so she helped me find a way in which I could experience healing in the way in which I like through movement. Hers is through cells. So mine is through movement. So all she did was just guide me back to me and trusting me and trusting that mystery is with me and just being in that state of allow. I don't know. Does that answer your question? Mm-hmm. Let's, let's settle into that space. <laughs> Give it a few moments. But I want to thank all my teachers. I've had tons. I've had priests and nuns and Hindu priests and rabbis and belly dancers and healers and people on the street. Everyone and everything that has taught me, my students, my students are my greatest teachers. 
my family, nature, all of it. If you just pay attention, it's always talking to you. It's always got something to say. And if you just get out of the way and come to that state of allow, you just don't have to figure anything out. You just... I heard a Jesuit priest one time say, you just take a long, loving look. You just take a long, loving look. I can't remember who he was, but thank you (laughs) for saying that. You just take a long, loving look. And you just come to that receptive state, that state of allow. And you just get the heck out of your own way. That's a good note to end on. I hope so. Get out of your own way. Rachel, you have been just a fountain of... (laughs) words of wisdom and I, I still think I need time to process every single thing that you've just shared because it's it's all interconnected um just thank you so much oh. for being a part of my life oh. and and I can't wait to hear you know where where your journey takes you <laughs> where whatever other modalities you find that inspire you that just kind of layer onto the great work that you do so thank, thank you, you thank you thank you for having me thank you Julie thank you Mark thank you so much I had a good time thank you and how can our audience get in touch with you or follow your work Well, Julie, I don't do anything on social media. This is my first social media experience in my entire life. I don't have any social media. I have sort of a 1990s website, and um, it's www.rachelnickel.com. My husband made it for me in probably, I don't know, 2000-something. Uh, but I do, I freelance in Forest Hills, and I'm at Bamboo Moves in Forest Hills, and um, I've got a lot of classes there. I've got workshops. I do uh, deep relaxation. I see people one-on-one for what I call energy work, or I call myself a healing facilitator, and people make appointments, and they can come be with me one-on-one if they like. And my boss, Suzanne, is awesome. She lets me do all sorts of wacky stuff. Uh, Thank you, Suzanne. I couldn't do this without you. Uh, And has given me a great space and great freedom. Uh, So I've got some wacky yoga classes and wacky uh, one-on-one healings. And I do deep relaxation uh, where people come and don't do uh, any asana. They just lie down and I guide them through uh, uh, deep relaxation. So those are the best ways to find me, I suppose. But who knows? I don't know. This is my first social media thing. So thanks, Mark and Julie. <laughs> they will find you. Oh my they, will, they will figure out how to find you, just like how you found Dr. I just Hawks, am walking right? in, I'm just walking up and down Queens Boulevard, minding my own business. That's where you'll see me. I commute to, to work, Queens. schlepping up and down the boulevard. There you'll see me. Day and night, seven days a week, walking up and down the boulevard. Well, you've created a little little bubble of peace <laughs> and wow and joy oh. in, in Queens Boulevard. <laughs> so for people who understand that. Yeah, right. it's, it's, yeah. It's, if you it's know Queens Boulevard, yeah. <laughs> so, so, yes, thank you for being on the show. And for you, our listener... Hmm, there's so much you can take away from this episode, but let's have you think about your wow. Let's let's live your day 
through that lens of wow and see what happens. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. So until next time, be on the lookout for all possibilities. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at All Possible Show. Episodes are available on iTunes, Google Play, and our website, allpossibilitiesshow.com. This show is produced by Mouth Media Network, copyright 2017, all rights reserved. No portion of the show may be distributed or published without the expressed written permission of the producers. Thank you for joining us. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.